Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, Pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, Pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, Professor and Director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Sioux Falls! This is Rutten Radio coming at you live from the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. <laughs> I'm joined here on Rutten Radio with my wonderful, wonderful brothers, Father John and Father Paul. How we doing, fellas? Doing well, but it's and beyond. Oh, you remember? I, I know there was a big story about how great Sioux Falls is and how wonderful Sioux Falls and is. But you got to remember, this is more there, than it's about more than Sioux Falls. about Sioux Falls. I struggle with that, like because I struggle really? with thinking outside of myself. Really? Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. well, anyways, Real Presence beyond, Radio. Beyond Sioux Falls is great. The beyond entire Sioux Falls territory. Is great. Real Presence Radio I, and around the globe there because <laughs> you can. Listen to us anywhere in the world on the Real Presence Radio app on your smartphones. You can catch us on Facebook on Real Presence Radio or <laughs> on Facebook itself. If you'd like to communicate with us, ask us questions, make comments or insights, jump on Facebook, jump on the Rutten Radio uh, page, and we'd love to dialogue and interact with you here. So uh, Real Presence Radio, here we are. We're in the first week of Advent, and uh, fellas, we're going to jump right into our conversation in the first half hour of Rutten Radio, which is our faith and culture section, where we talk about our movie of the month. We've had some great movies. We have. We have. I just uh, was reading a textbook here with the kids down at Mount Marty, and The Mission oh. was in it. It was, talk- it was talking about a St. Rocky. Did you know there's a St. Rocky? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's a Spaniard. And he uh, he missioned to uh, Paraguay. Okay. And they talked about the way in which we colonized. And St. Per- uh, Rocky created a new way of evangelizing within the community that didn't destroy the dignity of the natives. Mm. Interesting. So it's fascinating. And then they used the mission in okay. the text as an example. If you want to know more about this, oh, sure. go watch the mission. Sure. So we've done the mission. We've done lots of different movies. Sometimes they have a faith component. Sometimes... We stretch to get a faith component out of them. And <laughs> not, not here as we much are. as we're going to stretch today. Ooh. <laughs> shot. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. I'm just in one of those. I'm already. Be... So not only do I have a disposition for the movie, but I'm kind of in one of those moods that if I were driving in my car right now and I had just heard all of that, you, you know, the opening stuff, I would have been like, next station. not because not because i wouldn't want to but you know some days you're just like okay i'm not in the mood for happy-go-lucky the world is wonderful (laughs) can i put joe back in his closet yeah let's let's put this on the next station i would have listened to uh some sang or you know some like depressive <laughs> you're a little uh, melancholy this yeah morning. that's the word i was looking for got a little, a little bit of that Irish yeah so then when you just like the boom coffee out shop there, channel like, on serious X. oh my gosh i haven't even had two cups of coffee yet would you please turn it down <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> all so, right thanks well for pumping me up wonderful now I'm wonderful, wonderful. i can't wait for your contribution <laughs> <laughs> the movie of the month for yes. december is polar express there we go I'd never so, watched it. 
But you were you excited. Had it. No, no, no. I never watched oh. it. Why? See, this is one of the things you don't realize. There's lots of things people without children don't actually do. Right. Mm. Lots of Disney movies, going to Disneyland, all kinds of things aren't done unless you have children. And we could say that, I mean, like, well, could. we have a, yeah, we have a different, I mean, we have a different vocation of things, but I even realized as a priest, I was directing a women's silent retreat. And a lot of the example, you know, I would say like children, children, children. And I'm like, wait a minute, there are people here who don't have children. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot, there's lots of people that don't have, you know, in the parishes that, so anyway. But yeah, Polar Express, you were excited about it. We were going to yeah, do a different movie. Like you were excited. Fire, we put it out to Facebook. Uh, some people did yeah, say there Polar was a Express. Lot of great ones there was out lots there. of options, so we're grateful for that. If you're listening out there and you contributed, we heard you. It's still there. We'll gather some of yep. those together. We can do some of those yep. in the future. But we thought, let's do Polar Express yeah. because Joe got excited about it, I well, guess. And it fits in the Christmas. Yeah. The, yeah. the other movie we're going to do really didn't fit. Right. So. We figured we might so as well push that one off to another time. Yeah. And uh, so Polar Express, maybe uh, first uh, first reactions to Polar Express, Father Paul. I, I suppose we're probably going to be a lot like Father John. I had to watch it twice because I got through the whole movie and I'm like, I don't know that I have anything to say. <laughs> uh, yes, I have been vindicated. No, no. So, I mean, so I, I, so I did have to well, watch it again. You have, what we, 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 okay, never it's mind. It's not your Go turn. Ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I think maybe because I was trying to impose upon the movie what I wanted out of it. So I came at the movie with sort of all of my like sort of standard, what should be in Christmas movies, what I need, thinking about the, the radio show. I, I need this. I need that. And I couldn't just simply let the story be told mm. and to say, well, what does it say to me? So I think for me, that was, you know, kind of the, the first challenge that I faced in, uh, in watching it, you know, it's in one sense, it's kind of your standard, one of your standard kind of Christmas themes, right? you know, uh, the little boy, uh, wonders is Santa Claus real? His sister, you know, is sad cause he's saying it's not, and she's asking parents and it's back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and then there's the, the adventure, you know, uh, the journey that they take, uh, in search of, you know, what's really at the heart of all of this. And, right. um, so, you know, in the midst of it, it was interesting because it's a cartoon, but it's a cartoon different with characters that I know. And so there was also that just kind of struggle of, you know, it's Tom Hanks and right. it sort of looks like Tom Hanks, but it doesn't look like Tom Hanks. And, you know, all of that, that can be hard for me. Um, so awesome. that's my initial. All right. Initial reactions. Father John, initial reactions. I got done watching the movie and I thought, why are we reviewing this? Because Joe wants to. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I trust Joe. Right. So I I'm I was like really after what well, did I, I don't know you? like what are we what are we I really was surprised. What are you looking for? Yeah. Or, or why? Yeah, it, I, I, it seemed like a real stretch into a territory that doesn't seem like you. Hmm. Um there was nothing substantive there. Uh, I, I even could recognize, okay, well, was Goonies good territory? And I took the perspective, and, and cause that really was a stretch too, I think in some ways, but then we talked about nostalgia. We talked, you know, there was really some things there that um, even I think if you didn't live in the time in which you watched it, you could get, but this, I kept thinking, well, this is great, but we could have picked any of a hundred shows off of, you know, the Hallmark channel. Right. Um, yeah. 
so that was my first thing. The other thing is everybody who's listening disclaimer, like I don't, you maybe, you know, if you have kids that haven't seen the movie yet, you might need, I don't know, but the, you know, the real question is about Santa Claus. And, um, so the, the only real thing I took out of it was, is Jesus real? That's sort of the, the dynamic. And, and again, parents, if your kids haven't seen the movie or if there's any reason that your kids might, you know, you turn the volume down right now and then you go on and, uh, come back. But the verification for whether Santa Claus is real is different than the verification for whether Jesus is real. Well, sure. Yeah. And so there was this question in me that I think as I'm watching this, I'm like, it would be really easy right now to sort of just change Santa Claus and put in Jesus. And we're watching a Christmas movie that's sort of like nostalgic and nice and fun. And at this time of year, you know, we talk about these things. Um, So that was just one thing was, I think this is an interesting question that if I were to watch this with other people, that's what I would propose to them is how do we determine the difference between the two? And secondly, um, there was a line where he said, um, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. And to go to the question of what is the heart then, like that can sort of be a sentimental Mm -hmm. statement. The heart can be a sentimental place where I feel good. Um, versus the place where the deepest needs I have, the questions that I deeply ask uh, originate out of. And so I think that that is the truth. The true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. And one of the difficulties of Christianity today is we don't pay attention to the heart first. We're, we do really well at making sure the proposal of Christianity is cleared up and cleaned up and made good. But if it isn't first proposed to a heart, that understands itself. There's like, no, you're just, um, so I thought the question of the heart was good. Sure. Um, but in overall I got done. And I'm like, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> this is going to be a really short segment. You like blew me up the other day. I'm like, and then you're like, Whoa, whoa wait a minute. We got it. No, no, Paul. We I'll have to do up, it right? on air. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. down the hallway here, there, as mentioned, and John's going to blow this thing up. And they're like, well, well, share, share with me. And I'm like, nope, nope, we can't. Like, and they're like, right. why? Why is he, what's his frustration or whatever? I said, I don't know. He can't tell me. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, no, it has to be natural. It has to come up. So here we are for, we're kind of getting it. And so when I heard that, I thought, oh, John's not going to come out there. Well, why? And then I want to analyze it. Why isn't John going to? Um, but I'd say my first approach to it is the story and the adventure. Kind of what yep. you were saying, Father Paul, um, is that it's a general Christmas story of belief, uh, you know, and so it's this kind of kids encounter of Christmas and nostalgic and Christmassy and, you know, is he real? Isn't he real? You know, elves and toys and, uh, and how do we, what's the process by which we come to believe or we come to not believe then the adventure component of that discovery. I thought it was great. It's done in a uh, format. I forget what kind of movie they call that. I should have animated. That, yeah, it, you know, well, an animation of but, sort. But there's but a, a. It was that's it's a new it was, genre. It was a different kind of animation. When it was released, I believe mm-hmm. it's one of the first of its yeah. kind in this realistic format. That's kind of cartoonish, if you will. So if you're out there, you can jump on Facebook and tell us <laughs> what kind it is. Um, but so that was my initial reaction. Uh, but overall, I found it deeply Christian. 
I found lots of, like, I, I, I actually was almost taken back when I thought, oh, John doesn't care for this. Like, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I'm missing something or he's missing something. And so when I looked at it, I thought, um, one, I think your, your concept of the heart is very, very good. And I thought that it did a good job of encountering the heart of a person, of a boy, of a child, when it comes to belief and imagination. That this ability of us as young children to have our imagination kind of take us places mm. in which we discover things that are in our heart, desires we have. I mean, I mean girlfriends and all kinds mm. of things that we, as a young child, can have our imagination seek to discover. And we go on that adventure alone, typically, in our own mind, right? Laying in bed at night and, uh, you know, throughout our day, sitting in class, this daydreaming, but... The use of imagination to express the desires that we have of our heart. And how do those desires change as we mature and grow older? And so this idea of, of the bell, who hears the bell, mm. right? And I thought, well, this is it. The adults don't hear the bell, right? Because they lack faith. They don't believe. And that's the ticket punch. It's constantly a process by which it's just revealed that believe is the word on the ticket, right? That you have to believe. So this idea of faith, that it, that there's a faith component that the adults aren't getting. They don't hear the bell at the end. So anyway, long story short, there's a hole in the pocket. Um, the bell's lost that he gets as a gift on this adventure in his imagination. When he arrives back at his bed in real time at the back end, he goes to grab his coat and it rips a hole in his pocket that in the story is already there. So that because he ripped it because he ripped it, but he doesn't rip it until the end of the movie when he's back in his bedroom. So he rips it. The marbles come out. He now has this hole. He kind of wait a minute here. What's and, and he begins to kind of reflect upon what happened and what was the adventure and what, how does that play? And then he goes downstairs and there's the present with the bell. And, and, he shakes it and he hears it and this is real. This is, is, is he, he believes. And then he gives it to his parents and his parents can't hear the bell. Right. And it immediately made me think of where we're at in Christianity today, that we grow up with this nostalgic view of Christianity, but we don't even freaking hear the bell. We don't hear the bell. Like we're not. Don't worry. In. We already asked the parents to turn the thing off if kids were around. engaged. <laughs> and it right? wasn't because Joe was going to say the word. It was because we don't want to reveal. So <laughs> we don't want to father. We don't want your kids to. Situation. Yeah. yeah. So, so that concept of faith and belief and, and, and being dialed in and like, you know, we know that scripture tells us to be like children and what does that mean? And how does that, like, I felt very concretely in this movie when I got to the end, I was like, oh, how many of us are like the parents that as we got older, 13 years of age, we gave this whole thing up. And it wasn't until we became freshmen in college that we just stopped practicing it or stopped, you know, believing, acting like we were believing. And, and, but as a small child, this, this, this stuff lives within us in a unique way. That's very profound, but we kind of lose belief. We lose faith in the reality of the experience. And, and we're just all adults walking around without, the magic. And I just found it deeply Christian, deeply insightful, really reflective about how is it that I can better be like a child as scripture calls me 
what am I not, what am I missing? What am I not hearing? What am I not plugged into in my day-to-day experiences with my family, with my coworkers, with my students, with the people in the grocery store that lacks authenticity in a ring that gives life and magic. Maybe I should watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) I also think, you know, and I should remember all these kids' names. It was sort of fascinating, the little the little kid who came from the wrong side of the tracks, mm-hmm. um, who couldn't run fast enough when he made the decision to get on the train, right. uh, but then ends up in a different part of the train, and I don't think ever gets a ticket at first, right? I mean, he doesn't have his ticket, and like... Is there a part of this idea, if we if we continue with this idea of Christianity, of the risk we take in trying to bring Christ to people who who aren't properly dressed, mm. uh, are from the wrong side of the tracks? Um, uh, this idea and what the kid is willing to do to get the kid on the train, uh, and then to, to go to him, and you know, like there's just this this idea of this little kid. Uh, sort of isn't like everyone else for whatever reason. It's really kind of a bizarre thing. Like he doesn't get like he doesn't get treated the same way, and they don't necessarily say why. Uh, but it's Billy, right? Billy wants you know, like wants to help him uh, in, in the midst of all of that. And again, I think sometimes maybe for us this challenge that can happen in Christianity, like. Well, you should be up to speed. Come on. Right. Like, we can't stop for you. Like, we got things to do. We, You know, again, mm-hmm. for me, like, we got to be on time. We got to be on time. We got to be on time. And the one kid's like, don't you get it? We're always on time. It's been five to midnight the whole time. Mm. Like, don't worry about this. Like, we're going to be on time. Mm. Uh, and in a sense, God isn't in time. Right. Like he can, he can make things, he can work right. in both directions. Uh, yep. He comes into time through the incarnation, but there's this incredible gift that is, is offered mm-hmm. as well, you know, in the midst of it. Um, one of the lines, I was just looking up some, some quotes because I couldn't remember them all. Uh, the conductor says, seeing is believing, but sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Right, you know, and so again, this, and, and, and I don't know that that's necessary. I don't know that's necessarily true in the sense like, see from a scientific view, like I can see when someone's in love, but you can't see love. Like, mm. so I do think that Christianity, like the early Christians, lived differently, right? But they lived the same. So it was like this thing, like there's something different. There is something mm-hmm. about it. And so I, I think sometimes what happens is we want to put Christianity again under a microscope. We want to put Christianity in this box that we have to be able to take it apart, put it back together. We want to see partially because we, we go around the world and we see these giant, massive cathedrals and we say, see Christianity, look at this. This is what Christians did. And it's like, okay, but where are they today? Like, would they, would they build it again right now 
And and the danger is they they ring that and they don't hear anything. Right. And so again, how do we reinvigorate Christianity in people? Right. The, I, the pastorship of evangelization. I'm very interested, just as priests, about your concept of reaching out from the train to the person that's running behind, but the train's not slowing down. You desire to get them onto the bus, right? Get them onto the train. You want them in the Christian fold, in the walk, wherever they're at. And they're just struggling, reaching out. But like that practically plays out every single day in your work. Marriage, how many people have come to you for marriage prep? And you've, this might be more than you want to talk about, but, and you're like, crap, what are we going to do? Like, this is a mess. This is, I I was for five years, I worked at the cathedral. This is a part of your lives. You live this every day. And if you demanded the structure, rigor, like that pastor prudence reaching, where do you give? Where do you not give to reach out, to try and bring people along? Sure. As an evangelist, as a pastor. You, You know, one of the things though from the movie is, they weren't supposed to stop there at that kid's house. Uh, but the conductor does say there is still this, you have to want to get on this train. Yes. That's so there also has to be a willingness to keep moving. All right. And so there is part of this idea mm. of how, how do we present the Christian life as something that you're you're welcome to be a part of it, but we're gonna keep moving. Right. That's powerful. And in the uh, and I think we we want you. We really do. Right. We really do want you to be a part of this life because it's what's given us life. You, you, you know, and so there's this but in this little kid's mind, he can't imagine. Like that the train would stop for him because Christmas has never been a good thing. Remember they talk about Christmas. Oh, Christmas is so great. And he's like, not at my house. Right. You know, so again, you know, Jesus is great. Jesus loves us. (laughs) Not in my house. Not at everybody's house. That's not the Christianity that I, or even if you, you know it. And and so there is the challenge. There really is this challenge of evangelization of being able to to figure out this sort of timeline, the sort of idea, how do I enter into people's lives? Mm. How do I show them uh, something that maybe they can't even imagine is possible right, for right. them? And at the same time, how do I keep moving mm-hmm. in, the, in the direction that I need to go? So you need to inspire, encourage, provide a vision. You need, but I, I, I was missing this when I proposed the question. It still requires that individual to make a choice to want to jump on the train, right. even so they have to overcome their fears. They need courage uh, and to move from where they're at. So sure. it's not like sure. it's a, Oh, we just, you know, we take you where you are and just like it, but no, you have to freely choose. And there is a movement you to some degree have to move from where you are. Right. So it's not just all the church saying, Oh, but there's a, it's a both end. It's reciprocal. How does the church reach out and how does the individual move? with Christ at the heart of the proposal. I'm not sure we overcome the significant obstacle when we present it that way. Which? 
how does the church, what did you say? Well, I'm just talking about like, how do we pastorally evangelize? So, so, um, I just, this, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think the minute we say it that way, we take everybody out of the position, which is actually the church. The question is not about us as pastors. It's, it's not about us as parishes. It's not about if a person doesn't see that they are called by God and they are an instrument of bringing someone into new life, we've lost what will bring us forward. So uh, um, the same question you ask of us is the question. The, the answer to the question that we have is, is you actually have. Joe, oh, I see. The, the answer to the, I think this is, a, is the difficulty is we sort of like the way we're phrasing it increasingly is telling me we think there's a different answer someone else has. No, Mr. Peabody sitting in the pew has the exact same answer as us. And only when we recognize that will we actually come to a path that then tells the pastor what he should be doing. I don't know how to say this, except uh, I think... Um, the answer is beginning from someone we don't think we're supposed to begin from. It's just the person in the pew. Does that make sense? I'm confused a little bit. Okay. Um, maybe just I'd... generally speaking no. in the context of your lives, how does it look right? This, I, so I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. You're, you're asking us because we're priests. So, so I'm asking so, you just in the context of your lives to say, as priests, what does this look like? Right. And that's not what you should ask. <laughs> I mean, it's fine that you did, but I'm like, instead of wanting to no, answer. Because here's the question. That, here's the thing. <laughs> hey, everybody I, you know, out okay. there. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what I think. So here's maybe a better thing. Each of the people on the train has to ask the question, why am I on this train? Yes. And the train only goes one place. So it's, it's in a sense, grace. Like you're not responsible for where this train's going to go. It's just going to go. All right. You can be on it. You can get off it. You can get on it. You can get off it. But this train's going, it's going. So when I ask the question, why am I on this train? If I don't come to a place that says, because it's a gift and it's a gift for everyone, then I'm going to set parameters as to why we're on the train. So if my call to Christianity isn't anything but a free gift, then I put criteria on how everyone else gets on this train and why they're on the train. Because mm-hmm. again, he said it, that we're on the wrong side of the tracks. We, we're not supposed to stop here. So again, what did Jesus Christ hear? A lot. What are you doing eating with these people? Why are you at their house? And, and, and I get, he says, yeah. because I've been sent, to those who are in need. And what I don't have to deal with every day. Uh-oh. <laughs> we, uh-oh. And folks, we've come to the end of the first section of Rutten Radio. We will be right back in just a few minutes, and we will continue this conversation. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. 
Christmas at the Cathedral presents Unto Us, featuring Broadway star Mike Eldred, Nashville recording artist Shelley Jennings, and music director Dan Goler. Six shows December 13th through the 16th at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Get tickets today at ccfesd.org, all Sioux Falls hy locations, or by calling 605-988-3765. Don't miss Christmas at the Cathedral. What are we doing today, Lord? It's a question to ponder as we journey each of these days of Advent with Mary and Joseph towards Bethlehem. We anticipate with joy the birth of our Lord at Christmas, but unless we relish and bask each day in the joy of anticipation that is ours every moment before the great event and great day arrives, we will miss the fullness of the joy the Lord wants us to experience. So join us here each day for inspiration and let us accompany one another on this journey saying, what are we doing today, Lord? The industry I'm in, uh, there's definitely room for evangelization, I guess I'll say. I'm a transportation broker, so I'm talking to truck drivers that travel all over the United States. You know, they're, a lot of times they're driving on weekends. I get the opportunity to encourage the friendships that I uh, make through the through the years with re- using the same, uh, visiting with the same drivers all over and over to um, let them know that, hey, Catholic Mass is every day of every year in every town in the United States of America, plus the world actually, but for sure in the United States of America, any city that has a Catholic church pretty much has Mass every day. Um, and yeah, with technology, you can go on, jump on your phone and find what towns you're running through and um, what cities and you can find what the mass times are. Again, yeah, you got an 18-wheeler. It's hard to get maybe pulled into a, a church parking lot in many, many places. But you will be much rewarded for the effort you put in to just to get to a mass someplace. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio. We are joined by the ever awesome <laughs> Father John and Father Paul Rutten, pastors of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, South Dakota, and pastors of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I am Joe Rutten. We are in the second half hour of Rutten Radio, and we are going to talk about Advent and Christmas. We might get to that. We'll see. We need to wrap up the last half hour here. Uh, the la- we just came back from a short break, and boy, we got cut off right at the end as it was getting real and serious as we were talking about the practical experiences of uh, evangelization, catechesis, making disciples of all nations, as I proposed a question to the priest that said, you know, what does this look like in your day-to-day experiences as you encounter things like uh, marriage preparation, people coming into your office seeking the sacraments. And um, I kind of got kicked back (laughs) to the proposal. And I still think the proposal is valid. And that is you as priests live in a unique spot that you encounter this friction of those that maybe in a sense of the movie, hear the bell and don't hear the bell of faith and of relationship with Jesus Christ. And, whether they hear the bell or not, they end up in your office seeking sacraments. And the image of the boy on the train reaching out to the other boy trying to get on the train is what I'm interested in. And as priests, how is it that you reach out to those maybe that 
are on the side of the tracks that maybe don't want to get in the train. They just want to get married. Or in, in that situation, how do you deal with those multitude of different individuals that come to you, assuming that sometimes they want to be just jump on the train, but a lot of times they might need encouragement or inspiration or reality. They might need just some hard conversations. So right now we're in a rabbit hole, I think they call it, right? Right. We started we're down with the, the movie hole. and we're, we're down, down the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. So let's just stay in the <laughs> hole and seek it out. All right. Where does this thing go? The reason I said what I did is because I'm no longer satisfied with, number one, you're correct. Lots of people that come to us now have many, uh, have other things that have to be addressed. They aren't married yet. They want baptism for their child, but they haven't yet been married in the church or they want to get married in the church and they need an annulment or right. uh, they want to return to the sacraments and, um, they need an annulment and they want their to, kid baptized. They, uh, they, like, yeah. That's all those, you know, they got sponsor. They want their siblings to be sponsors for their baptism and, and their sibling needs to be practicing Catholic. And, and there's uh, everybody you, like, out there listening probably has either they themselves have been in a situation similar to this somehow or their friends, family. And this is key to what I said. Okay. So I can give the answer to all those things. And I do when we're sitting there with them. Um, but Christianity is more than the sacraments. Mm -hmm. Christianity is a different way of living. Christianity is a new look upon all of my life because I discover the author of life who looks upon me. And in that path, I begin to recognize in many ways God comes to me and God draws me and feeds me including the sacraments. Right. They're also, so that is like one dynamic, okay? The only reason we ask these questions is because of the sacraments, but Christianity is not equated to the sacraments. Right. Christianity is equated to divine life. Uh, and the only reason, I think this is important, the only reason we ask these questions is because of the sacraments. My kids don't go to mass anymore. Right. My child got married outside of the church. This person My can or can't receive family communion. member can't or can receive communion. So-and-so did or didn't have the child baptized. That's the only reason most people ask this question. I'm not interested in that question anymore because it doesn't get us anywhere. Now we just have people that aren't interested in the sacraments. So for every person that comes with a complicated situation, there's five that just aren't even coming anymore. Yeah, the rise of agnosticism as well. People aren't even, right. no longer yeah. even caring to oh. take that. So there's anymore. like a whole huge thing that has grown outside of us that's, an in, that's, that's interesting to me. And it's grown outside of us. And in some ways, we aren't really attentive to it anymore because we're so focused inside our own ship. We're so focused inside our own house and what's going on in our house. We don't realize, wait a minute, three-fourths of the children aren't here anymore. <laughs> um, and so a different question arises. Why is it I'm here? What is it I'm looking for? Well, it's this life. I don't know. I mean, certainly I would miss the sacraments if I stopped practicing the faith, but I would miss this friendship I have with these people. I would miss people who help me like wake up every day and stay in front of my life. I would miss the experiences of Christ who comes through these most amazing people. And there's like so much I would lose out on. Okay. So with this, then I say, um, what does it mean that these people are in these places? I, I, 
I don't want to just give the textbook answer because in a sense I say, we're all a part of these people. We all need to be asking this question. There's something that I don't want to just say what I usually say because it's not satisfying to me anymore because then it doesn't put all of the other people in motion. It doesn't put mom and dad in motion. Why are you guys Catholic? Is it just so that you have something to do on Sunday? Uh, what 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 do you what does it mean when do you ever doubt your faith? Do you ever wonder when all your kids are free and go do what they want to do? Think, well, maybe I should be free and go do what I want. I mean, I don't. There's like a huge thing that we share as Christians. The priest doesn't have the answer, and I think it's easy for us to sort of put it on the priest or put it on the parish or put it on the church or put it on the school, that somehow if they, then we'd have the answer. No, imagine you were in charge of whatever it is you think would be done. Okay, now show me that what you're proposing works. I have yet to see places. Now, some people do come and they say, oh, look at here, there's people that are alive. There's young people who uh, didn't have faith and now they have faith. Like, there aren't a lot of places, and I think it's because we aren't starting from the right spot. It's all of us. It's not just the priest. Um, so I realized you were asking something yeah, different, I asking and, something I, yeah, and, I re, different, and I responded but, in a different way. But that's the sort of place where I'm just not interested in answering that question anymore. And so the reality is we now live in a Christian— uh, we, we live in a culture where the Christian faith is— um, well, Fulton Sheen said a long time ago that we no longer live in Christendom, meaning we no longer live in a culture or a, a society in which Christianity is the embedded proposal within the way social society is organized. Mm -hmm. We now live in a secular society that has Christians living within it. All right. Now we've seen over, you know, so years, we now have a church where if we would say that the church had a hollowness to it where it was culturally practiced, but it wasn't internally motivated, there wasn't a relationship with Jesus Christ within a large portion of our of our church, but yet we had Christians still maybe at 50% clip going to church, practicing the sacramental life of the church to some degree. But now then Matthew Kelly comes and other people and I say, well, really, we have about 7% that are on fire, alive, living this dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ and their Catholic faith, all right? We're like, hmm. And now we're seeing the rise of the nuns that don't practice the faith at all and agnosticism. And so it just seems like we're continuing to see the hollowing out of the Christian proposal, or at least the Catholic church in let's say just America today. Yeah. And the scandals right. have. Yeah. Right. And so in, in, in my interest is like, I don't know that the general person really understands what goes on in the day-to-day -day operations of a parish priest that's dealing with this um, culture and this movement and this change in the demographics. And what does it look like? And, you know, are young people not even coming for marriage anymore? And are, are they not coming for baptisms anymore? It used to be, they came to, these were opportunities to try and re-catch them, re-hook them, right? They bring their, they'd get married and try and re-hook them. They'd bring their kid for baptism, try and re-hook them. All right. Is that even something that's happening anymore? Or are we kind of getting, do you think moving where they don't even come to the church for the sacramental life anymore, partly because we've been missing, we've been trying to to hook, we've been missing the 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 center of the whole thing. Like you're saying, we've been missing a relationship with Jesus Christ and what inflames the individual to even desire or care to live right. the Christian way. I think maybe 
point isn't to hook somebody. Because again, to hook a fish is to take it where it doesn't want to go. <laughs> wow. So that so, right there so, is uh write that so, down. So this is the challenge. Like what we want to do is we want to be to continue this analogy, a school of fish going somewhere and others want to come with us. Right. And so this is this is the challenge that that I think we face that we still keep we keep using this idea of how do we do this, you know, uh, and, and we're still thinking that we have to do it. Mm. How do we awaken in them? Right. Something more. So that the kid on the side of the tracks goes from, uh, uh, static from, from state to desiring and moving to want to get on the train. Like that's what it meant. That's what I'm, I'm passionate about is how do you awaken within that person a desire for they themselves? Obviously the Holy spirit and God's grace is in the middle of that wanting to follow, wanting to get on the train. What's going on on the train that I even others would even want to be on the dang train. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've been a lot of places in Christian religious circles. Uh, it, no, thanks. I'll stay on the yeah. side. I don't want to, that's not the train I want to jump on. And I'm not talking like a theologically idea, you know, left, right. What? No. Like, is there life? Is there something in the middle of that, that I think that's attractive, but where I have found that is in people. I have found in my life that in Steve castle, I found something that was attractive and I wanted to follow and I wanted to be around and I wanted to learn from, and I wanted more. And then he brought me into a community of search. And in that community, I found other people living this certain way that was attractive and it gave me life and it encouraged and inspired me for more. And then I found, you know, people like Jason Grease and wonderful people in seminary that like, I found it in people. Like, I don't want to jump on the train or what, wherever Jason's going. But what did you find? That's a whole other show. (laughs) No, but because here's the, here's the challenge because when you left search, and went back home. Yeah, I didn't bring it with me. Right. So this is again the challenge of Christianity. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say no, I didn't bring no, it with me. But this is the me, challenge but... of Christianity, right? We all talk about this. You go on retreat, it's a great right. experience, and you go back home and you fall, you know, and it's like right. up and down and up and down and up and down. Roller coaster. And, and so again, this reality that 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 what we want people to discover really is that Jesus Christ really wants to be and is in their life. Yeah but they do have to assent to it. Right. Like they do have to acknowledge at some point that that's Jesus Christ. And that's why they need the other person there. Right. Because the other person, the proclamation of the gospel is the one who says, this is the presence that saves me. And the other person says, that's who he is. Right. What? That's what's going on here. You, you, you encounter something, you see a difference, but someone else points you or someone else witnesses that this is the life that makes me whole. Uh, and the other person begins to say, ah, I didn't know this was him. I thought he was that, I thought he was something different or an idea, you know. Um, uh, does that, like we have, oh, yeah, I, 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 I'm being told I have to believe he's in the blessed sacrament, but nobody tells me 
that what happens when I meet Steve Castle is the same mystery of Jesus Christ. Well, I do. Th- I think it's that- an odd thing. I think that we struggle with, like in the Benedictine tradition, one of the proposals St. Benedict says is see Christ in the other, mm-hmm. all right? But that can be very catchy and can be a great slogan, but the reality of what that is and how it's experienced and lived out I think is completely lost. And I don't know that we're educating or forming people to understand right now, people listening, do people listening. All right. See Christ in the other. Well, I'm telling you, I walk out where Jesus is in like, it's odd. It's weird. It could be feel cultish and icky. It could feel like, like intellectual, like, all right, see Jesus is in you. Like Mm -hmm. it could be emotional. It could like new agey, new agey. Like, what does that mean? What does it look like? How do I encounter it? How do I live it? If if you're sitting in the car listening to us right now, like you might be thinking to yourself, all right, well, what does this mean for me? Like, how do I then, like, so what it takes is somebody that does know to help you. So it takes another person who can help you wade through all of the feelings and emotions and ups and downs to be able to really discern what really is an authentic experience, an authentic encounter, uh, what really does make it different. Uh, and so it so takes community. It takes another person Yep, who does get it. Right. So, you know, again, you look at it. So Jesus Christ came and then Jesus Christ met and was with people. And then they were able to say and visit with other people. This is what happened to me. I can listen to the other person and say, you know, I don't think that's quite Jesus. Or, yep, that's it. And, and and let mm-hmm. them come to a better understanding. It's interesting that it's not a self deal as much as it is another deal, that it takes somebody else to versus me. That sounds very against the American movement today. Like, how dare you tell somebody else what is their experience? And well, it's not that I'm telling them. It's that I'm trying to help them clarify. Gotcha. Because if it's not clarified, then they're going to go off and then it's not going to be enough. And it's going to fall, you know? So just a warm, fuzzy feeling isn't enough if it's not really an authentic encounter and authentic experience. And again, I have to come back. I mean, like, there's this need to be in relationship with people so that maybe it's not that Jesus wasn't enough. It's that I stopped looking again. Right. And I went, look, couldn't go in the other direction. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, this is good stuff. And and this is... um. This is the real work. This is the real work that's going to move the church forward. This is the real work that's going to help people's lives. And um, while this wasn't the question you asked, and I sometimes do this and I shouldn't do this, I should stay faithful to what we're doing, it just goes to show how unsatisfied I am in this age. I mean, we got a long time ahead of us. I'm going to be a priest for a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got 50 I am years. done. Like, I, I yep. just like, I'm throwing up the flag. We all have to look at this together. Let's all look at this together. Now I need to now live a priesthood that opens that up to everybody to look at this together. But I think in a way you do. So you struggle with the way the church is experienced today. Yeah, uh, That everybody, I'm, what's I'm sort expected? of like, there isn't another Matthew Kelly series that's going to save us right. all. Right. That's what I'm sort of done with. Now I love Matthew Kelly. We're going to do Matthew Kelly at the parish, yep. but that is, you know, but, but that's going to nurture and help those following right. who are already following. If, but, but Matthew Kelly could also get us to follow and then 
introduce us to a way that isn't helpful yep. long-term. If he doesn't understand how it is that boy is going to get on the train, he could be proposing the boy already on the train. Right. So we're talking about Christianity of people who are already on the train. Meanwhile, what we're really looking for is the answer to how to get that boy on the train. And that can be a different thing. Right. Uh, so how do we look at that? And I am certain of one thing, that it happens in friendship. It happens in right. companionship. And it takes time. There isn't a yeah. real easy answer, but we want an easy answer. And what I feel like sometimes is we get on the, we finally get on the train and then there's a lot of work to do on the train because I figured out, <laughs> I figured yeah. out this kid won't sit that, next to me. Hey, that's because people like your brother are on it. I, well, yeah. <laughs> no. and, you know, even I mean, as, and even in this, the movie, this, you see it, right? Yeah. The personalities right. and the different aspects, different and, things going on. And some kids are having fun and some aren't. And, and then this kid's on the back train and some people are attentive to him. And then like, do I go to the back train or do I not go to the back train or do I jump over this dangerous thing or not? Or, and, right. and what it sometimes I think happens is because of what we lived, we think this can't be the church. This train well, there's is, people this that stop practicing and leave the church this because tra- of what they see on the train. Yeah, and 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 the the fact of the matter is, if we ask the right question, we we got to look and make sure we understand the right question because when we get on the train, this is going to be there. And what and is, there the is the right question? The right question is, what is my life? Who am I? Why am I looking for this? What is going on? Where is my happiness? Where is real peace found? How do I wake up every day? How do I wake up? Literally, how do we wake up every day? We can we can talk about Jesus all we want. People are wondering, how do I get up and go into those bedrooms and get those kids up who I know are going to ask me a million things and need a million things that I can't give to them? Uh, these are real questions people have inside the church and outside the church, okay? So mm-hmm. there is a real thing. Then there is the question, who is this Jesus? Like, really, who is he? I hope people even in the pews are asking, like, who is this person, Jesus? Right. Um, and this is the this is the the humbling part. The, the creator of all the world entered a stable in Bethlehem. Right? And we're in the Advent season and we're preparing for this time in which we are reminded the creator of the world entered Bethlehem as a baby. And for 30 years... Didn't say hardly a word. Like, what does this all mean? And and then we can get on the train and we can say, okay, maybe this is maybe this train is Bethlehem. A lot of chaos going around. Dark. There's these strange people who are showing up. Stinks. But but in the midst of all the people of this city, uh, these ones that keep showing up really have something in them. What's what's in them? Like, there's an interest in them, and just this recognition and and to be patient with ourselves. I think once we're on the train, but to know why we're there because there's always a temptation to get off. But once you get off, then you're kind of stranded in the snow and you're wandering around and you're like, that train seems to be going somewhere. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if I could get back on. <laughs> and, you know, those people that were kind of crazy actually were like confident that what they were doing was going somewhere. Yeah. Wow. What if I just hung out with the people that are going somewhere uh, and I like start looking at things and over time, you realize, ah, they got one more letter in their ticket than I have. I wonder what that means. They got one more letter in their ticket than I do. Mm-hmm. I think their ticket actually might tell me something that mine doesn't. Yeah. This crazy person I actually need. Yeah. And you really discover something about the other 
that sort of helps you stay on the train, right? But you're on the train for a different reason than originally you wanted to get off for. Uh, and and that, I don't know where I'm going now. I'm done. No, that's it. I mean, we could almost wrap the show up right there. Um, but we and, won't because, well, <laughs> I just wanted to point out that I think John might be coming around on the movie. <laughs> he just got done using a ticket analogy from the movie that he didn't necessarily care you know, for. I was, I was thinking about this before we got down the rabbit hole, which thank you for allowing us to go down it. Everybody listening, I thank you. Um, we were supposed to talk about Advent, Christmas. Uh, we got a little bit there yeah. to the stable we, at yeah. the end. So. Yeah. Um, I think I, I realized the fact that nothing ever really goes. <laughs> that it's not totally like the last movie we did where I missed such an important oh, part. Sure. <laughs> but I am realizing the disposition I have before the movie is important. Um, and immediately, I think, I just discounted it. In the beginning, I think I just discounted it for whatever reasons, and I, I I missed some things that I think you have all helped me see. Um, I would say, in the end, I think the movie, I'm not so sure the movie was the best movie, even once I now see yep. all these yep. things, okay? Um, but I we do this in front of life. Right. And that's why life right. becomes such a drudgery. That's it. Isn't the church's? It's that my life is no longer interesting. Is why I find the church no longer sure. interesting, or Jesus no longer interesting. And it's because I'm not. I'm like up in my head. I'm lost in all these things instead of like looking at what's really happening. What's really happening in my right. heart. Um, and finally, I want to. Well, go ahead. No. Okay, I want to close with this one thing. Did Tom Hanks get paid for every character he voiced over in that movie? <laughs> That's the one thing that really I wondered at the end. It's I thought a, Tom Hanks, Tom, in the role credits, oh yeah. it was like Tom yeah. Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's, Tom, like, it's like, like Eddie Murphy. I wonder if he got paid for every one of those. <laughs> so, yeah. you never know. Well, Father Paul, any final thought? Yeah, I guess I would agree, I mean, as well with the whole thing that, again, as I look at the movie and then as I look at living life, how often do I approach other people as a project? Mm. Like when the married couple sits down before me, I got to fix this. I got to make them right. I got to get this, you know, I got to make sure they're doing all instead of just being able to really listen and, and just sort of see what, what really is going on here. Uh, and, and it's hard to not come at things with a, a prejudice. Uh, you know, um, it's also, you know, the important because it's, going to be Christmas. Right. Uh, and there's many opportunities to be able to celebrate Christmas. And one of the great ones is with Rutten Radio. Uh, oh. And there's great gifts if you'd ever like to get somebody something. Swag bag merchandise. Swag bag merchandise. <laughs> Rutten Radio, Radio t-shirts. T-shirts. Jump on Facebook. You, you can, can find the link. Mugs, shirts. All kinds of good you stuff. You could help your family member wake up every morning <laughs> with four mugs. Yes. The one they drink coffee out of. And the three of ours. There you go. <laughs> Cafe Press, Rutten Radio, Cafe Press, Rutten Radio. You can find it on the Rutten Radio Facebook yeah. page. You can find a link. And so. on that note, why don't we close with the prayer to the creator of the world that entered in a stable. Together, let us pray our family prayer in the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our, our Father, Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help, Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make, Make us, us understanding and patient with one another. 
quick, quick to, admit to admit our, our failings, failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state life you planned for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Join us next month as we continue to hope to hear our bells ring. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. I've heard people speak about the difference once they've started to listen to Catholic Radio. Just that presence of a positive voice and really a voice that speaks the truth that comes from God throughout your day. It really does make a difference. You know, sometimes you uh, you don't know how much you need it until you happen to turn on the radio and hear just the thing that, that's for you, you know, the message that, that God has for you that day. And so I would say that not just a difference in, in individuals, but even a difference in the same person from, you know, from before they listened to uh, to now or to, you know, that moment when they tune in at just the right time. You know, every, every forum of our lives is an opportunity for that evangelization, letting the light of the gospel in. And that includes our home life, our work, even our activities we enjoy, whether you're on a, a sports team or there's some kind of hobby you share with other people, all of those are opportunities to let the light in. You know, Catholic Radio is another way. Your support, all of our listeners' support of Real Presence Radio is it's another way to live out concretely, tangibly, that gospel mandate that Jesus gives us at the end of Matthew. Go and, and teach all nations. You don't want to miss Real Presence Live Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Here's some of what you'll hear when you tune in. Well, we have a caller on the line. Gail is from Bismarck. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am well, and I'm just so excited to talk to Monsignor because I need some clarification. Excellent. Great, Gail. Fire away. I need clarification on the sacrament of reconciliation. I've talked to one priest, and, and this was quite a few years ago, and, and he said, you do not have to confess your sins from a long time ago if you're just remembering them now. That's over and done. Well, then I talked to another priest, and he says, well, of course you do. You need to confess everything. And then listening to Mother Angelica, she said, you should even set up an appointment with the priest and talk about everything that you think you've ever done, some kind of a spiritual something. So... Can you tell me or straighten this all out for me? You know, Gail, that's an excellent question, and yes, and and happy to hear from you, and um, it's such an important question, so thank you. Technically, the obligation for confession is that we confess mortal sins after we've been baptized. That's the technical uh, requirement for confession. So, a mortal sin has three conditions. Mortal meaning deadly. So it takes all the life of God away from our souls. So a mortal sin is something that's grave in itself. 
And spiritual authors would say by that we mean something connected to one of the Ten Commandments. Okay? So grave in itself. Number two, a mortal sin is... is, uh, Set a reminder so you can tune in for Real Presence Live, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11 Central, right here on the RPR Network.